0: Hello, welcome to Scripts for Shredding. My name is Elliot Brotherhood. I'm an aspiring writer, and I've decided to do uh, a podcast. I've decided to do a podcast on a day when I'm also uh, getting over a cold, so please forgive my voice for sounding very raspy. Um, Why am I doing this? Uh, There are a couple different reasons. Recently, I've been going through a lot of old scripts and, and other writings that I've done over the years, and... I found that they are almost invariably bad. And I was thinking to myself as I was looking through these, you know, these are so bad, and I... They're they're so bad, they're funny. So I was kind of like, why don't I do a podcast about this? Because my inner monologue was was just kind of funny as I was uh, going through them. So I was kind of thinking, you know... It might be kind of entertaining. Also, I think it's a good exercise, like to look through old scripts and uh, see the things that I've done wrong over the years. And you know, I'm I'm not trying to put myself in some pedagogical position here, because obviously, I my my writing career, as it were, is still very much in its infancy. But uh, I think it's a good thing to look back and see all the mistakes you've made and see how how your writing has developed over the years and gotten to a point where, you know, I think now I'm, I'm more capable of writing something competent than I was when I was say 13, 14, 15 and so on. But, uh, mainly, mainly it's just, uh, I, I think it's also just entertaining. There, there's a lot of silly, silly stuff that I've written over the years and, and I figured why not share it? It helps to, talk about certain things and see you know here are things that I did wrong and maybe here are some things that I could could have done to fix it so um before we start today there are a few rules for the scripts and the writings that I show it's it's mainly scripts mainly plays and and films that I've tried writing over the years um there are a few criteria that they have to meet one is that it has to be a script that is dead. I am not doing anything with it. I'm And I, I should say I'm going to bend these rules uh, on certain various uh, occasions just because there are some things that I think are worth talking about uh, even if they don't meet these criteria. Uh, it should be more than 20 pages. I, I think most of... What I've written over the years, I've either completed halfway or completed entirely. Um, you know, completed entirely, I, I say entirely, but I, I mean that very loosely. Uh, it, it is something that I, I have not worked on in six months at least, uh, which is another rule that I will surely bend over the course of these episodes. Um, and I'm doing them in no particular order. I'm just kind of pulling whatever I feel like talking about that given day. I have a list, uh, but I'm probably not going to really, really pay attention to it. And the idea is that, <clears throat> oh my gosh, the idea is that what I'll do is I'll, I'll take some time to go over the, the story and, and certain details of the story, goofy things that I found in these scripts and I'll talk about what's wrong about it and then maybe near the end I'll talk about what I think I could do to fix it like sort of a diagnosis and, and treatment uh, sections as it as it were so um yeah today I am talking about oh I should also mention uh <clears throat> I'm, I'm gonna try to stick to stuff that that like I haven't I say stuff that I'm not working on stuff that's dead there will be a couple that have been like there will be one show at least that even though it was produced finding the suit I will talk about that. I I've I've already decided that I'm going to dedicate two episodes for the two productions that were done of that because you know if you know you know but also like it's just such a th- that was a saga and and I I just I need to talk about it. So um I guess that's something that is also worth mentioning. Um, So today I'm going to talk about... <clears throat> wow, my voice is not doing well. Today I'm going to talk about a show that I wrote for a very small theater company that I and a couple friends of mine in high school put together. Uh, the show was called God Upon This Earth. It was an adaptation of uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, it was, here, hold on, I've got it on my computer here, it was 44 pages long, and the word count was uh, 76,062, no, (laughs) I read that wrong, 7,662 words, yeah, I was not writing 70,000 words back then, um, so pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty light, this is, um, as as far as a lot of the, um, shows and manuscripts that I've written over the years. this is really like when I was reading this in preparation for recording this today, I really realized just how like it's just a whole lot of nothing. It's very like safe. it's it's kind of a weird idea that I had. i I, I like to think of I like to think outside the box even when I'm do like thinking about writing an adaptation of something. Um, but this idea was just one that, that did not work. Uh, so basically here's the synopsis if you need a synopsis of Frankenstein, but like basically what it was, was it's the story of Frankenstein where Victor Frankenstein is in the midst of chasing the creature through, um, I don't, I, uh, uh, th- through Europe to, uh, the Arctic. And on his way, he stumbles into a church. And basically, he recounts his story to the priest of the church, whose name is Father Jeshurun, which I'll get to um, the the name choice there in a bit. But uh, basically, he stumbles into this church. The priest is there, and he tells him that He's welcome here, and he's he'll get him food and whatever. And Frankenstein essentially tells him that um, he is he is has sinned terribly, and Father Jeshurun assures him that no sin is too great to be forgiven. And Victor Frankenstein recounts the story of his creation of the monster and basically it's it recounts the story in the most like bare bones stripped back general like way that it could really and it's kind of about how he tells the story and as he's telling the story his relationship with father Jeshurun goes from being oh i'm uh, my son i will i i i will offer you salvation to You're going to hell, basically. I wrote this show when I was, gosh, 15 years old. My younger brother was in a production of To Kill a Mockingbird in Delaware, and I was living with him and my mother out of a hotel for a while, for about two months, I think. And... We had agreed that we were going to have our first season at Next Gen. Next Gen was started by a good, good friend of mine, Gabe Smith, who is incredibly talented and incredibly resourceful, and I love him dearly. Um, we had agreed that we were going to do our no. We had already done a season, uh, which was just one show, um, and <laughs> I, I I won't uh, I won't go into that one on this because I I didn't really write. We we all collaborated on writing that one, but I didn't I didn't have enough of a an influence on that one to to feel like I could talk about it. But um, uh, we had done that, and then we were like, we'll do a season uh, our second season, and we should all work on shows. And when we agreed that when I got back from Delaware, we would workshop everything that we'd come up with. So I wrote this among four others while I was in Delaware uh and th- this was one of the only one of the two competent things i got out of out of those four th- this show was so rushed truthfully as all four of those shows were but like this one was just like uh, it should be said for all intents and purposes when i was writing this adaptation of mary shelley's frankenstein i had in fact never read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So obviously this was gonna be a problematic, <clears throat> a problematic telling of this story. Um, I hadn't read the book, but I had listened very closely to the musical Frankenstein, uh, which was a show that came out, I think, in the early 2000s on, it was an off-Broadway show in New York, and it's very good but that was really the the most detailed exposure i had to it i didn't even look up the freaking like spark notes online i just kind of threw this together based off of what i gleaned of that show um and i got this absolute monstrosity so basically my version of frankenstein is Victor Frankenstein is accepted into the uh, school of Ingolstadt in Bavaria. He his mother dies, but he's like I love you and I miss you, but I'm not I don't really care because I think I might know how to bring people back from the dead. He goes to Ingolstadt. I skip a whole ton of crap that happens in the story and he just makes the creature and he's alive. Then after that, he runs to tell his friend Henry. He has a, yeah he has a short conversation with Henry and Elizabeth just to establish Henry's his friend, Elizabeth his 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 lover. Uh, <laughs> and um so he does that. I skip the whole part of uh you know the creature, terrorizing him and him realizing that he's created something horrible and torching the lab. Instead, in my version. Victor Frankenstein makes the creature is so excited and he's like I have to go tell Henry. So he gets I guess on a carriage <clears throat> and leaves Bavaria, goes back to I believe it was Geneva, right, in the book that his family is living in. And he goes there. <clears throat> oh my gosh, I'm like losing my voice right now. He goes and he's like super excited about it and he's like will uh, uh, uh not William, William's the brother. Uh he, he goes up to Henry and he's like, Henry, I've made this... Like, he, he tells him... He tries to tell him in a riddle or something. Like, he, he says to him, what would you say if someone brought a man back from the dead or something? And Henry basically says, that's horrible. Like, that would be a horrible, horrible thing. And Victor is very... Taken off balance by that. I guess he was expecting Henry to... I don't know... Be happy for him or something. And so... When he realizes that... Henry's disappointed... He is like affected by that. And he goes back to the lab. And he finds the creature. And he thinks the creature's dead. So... What does he do? But burn his laboratory to the ground because, well, he failed, so... needs must. I'm going to blow everything I've worked on up. Uh, but as he does that... Oh, no. And it's, like, touched on sort of that... Victor has neglected his his family and friends and all that during that, that sort of period. Uh, as he's burning the laboratory, though, the creature yells out his name and he's he's surprised to find that oh my goodness like maybe he's capable of learning. I keep saying like I'm try I I I'm I'm sorry. I know it's bad. I'm 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 like trying to <laughs> uh do the the mental gymnastics of not saying that. Um so that happens he burns the laboratory to the ground and then he kind of just hangs out Uh, He then, okay, so, then we follow the creature, who escapes somehow, we don't ever go into that, the creature goes and finds William Frankenstein, William thinks he's just a dude, so he offers to let him play a game with him, the creature does so, they're throwing a ball around, literally, that's what they're doing in the scene, and william makes the grievous error of mentioning that his last name is frankenstein and that he is victor frankenstein's brother at which point the creature promptly kills him which happens in the book in fairness um justine is blamed for it it's like it's 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 like i i i didn't read the spark notes on this but i i basically just wrote uh synopsis of the story and wrote down some crappy dialogue and that was pretty much it um so Justine is is blamed for William's death and as Victor is trying to figure out what to do he encounters the creature himself and he's like how can you talk and the creature tells the story of how he met this old man and the he taught him and uh he educated him and taught him about human nature and stuff like that but then uh-oh his daughter and um son come back and her son-in-law come back and they are terrified of him and they kick him out and he burns their house to the ground or something R- from here he propositions frankenstein to make the bride uh victor agrees he very very quickly also like he, very uh he he doesn't really argue with him he's kind of he kind of just says yeah okay one more sure no harm done um you killed my brother but sure uh justine is convicted for the crime of William's death and is hanged by the neck. Uh Victor begins making the bride, and instead of like in this version, he just uses Justine's body, which is ridiculous. But um so he then Henry comes in, he finds Victor, he's like, What are you doing? He pulls the plug on the thing, but the creature kills him. Justine comes back to life. Then Victor kills Justine again, uh, the creature gets very, very upset about this, and then in a very odd sort of way, Victor rushes his, he runs up to Elizabeth knowing that the creature is going to kill him, and in a weirdly comical scene, I mean, that's what I was going for here, weirdly, uh, Victor runs into Elizabeth's room erratically and demands that they get married in that moment. They do. And then when they go to uh, Geneva to have their honeymoon, Victor is acting crazy and he tells Elizabeth everything and she doesn't believe him. And that's like, okay. And then Victor leaves her for some reason. The creature it's frankenstein like i don't even know why i'm i'm explaining this but like my version is just so like stripped back the creature's there but then he decides i need to take everything from victor because that's what happens in the freaking book i don't know why i'm explaining this he kills elizabeth and then he runs off and then victor is left with father Jeshurun and is like that's my story man and father Jeshurun basically tells him you're going to hell, you crackpot idiot. And that's that's the play. And then he, the last scene is him in the Arctic praying or something, and the creature shows up, and that's the end. This play is so bad uh, in so many ways, but, I mean, obviously, the, the first thing is, like, the pacing is just so ridiculous. It, I mean, it's 44 pages, so, like, that's... What more can you do with? It was just very clear that at the time I, I I wanted to I was more interested in getting a draft done like like oh look I wrote this play like I did it. I did this, so I I didn't take time to you know, nuance any or flesh out any uh, details of the story in there or at the very least like read the book so that I knew what I was talking about. But uh there are so many weird moments in this uh, script. Like this moment when Fa- first of all I should say the name Father Jeshurun means like righteousness or something in some language. I want to look this up. Jeshurun. What does it what does it mean again? Uh it's Hebrew for for upright, I guess, or or righteous. Um and that's just so ridiculously on the nose. I guess it's not that bad, but like it's just very weird and like odd. Um, it's such a the dialogue is so bad. I don't even want to read it out loud. I am going to read one the the marriage scene out loud because that's ridiculous. It's just it's very rushed. It's a very bad bad piece of theater. It it was not going to be good, and I knew that. I I knew I knew that, and I I wasn't making. I hadn't developed the skills necessary to edit something at that like like thoroughly at that point. I was just kind of like, I wrote a play. Let's let's do it. Um, <clears throat> which I mean, we were in a you know a church basement at that at the at that time, and so you know like what more what more could you expect from a fifteen year old a couple fifteen year olds you know like it, it, there's nothing. I I don't want to place too much judgment on myself because you know. I was a kid, but it's very odd. There's also like, there are weird, weird points. Like when Victor first tells the story of, when he tells the part of the story where he creates the creature, the first thing he, he tells father Jeshran, what do you think? That's my discovery. What do you think? And father Jeshurun smacks him across the face, like open hand slap. And he goes, I thought that might be your reaction, and it's like that's weird. Like that's it's odd. And and this scene where he tells Henry about his creation, or or like I'm doing it again. Like 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 uh, when he tell when he's like, dang it, I did it again. When he's toying with Henry a little bit on what he's created. So here we we go. Scene five. It's page 12. We're on scene five at page 12. Jeez. Uh, Okay, so Father Jeshurun is very upset. How could you do something so evil, he says. And Victor then tells the part of the story where he goes to Henry's office and uh, tells him about this. So he's, he's super excited at this point. Which, if you've read the novel Frankenstein, brilliant piece of literature as it is, that's not, like, how he felt at, at this point. He was terrified. He was, like, he was oh, didn't sleep for, like, days. He was haunted and, and tormented and mentally ill, basically. But in my version, he was super happy about it. He thought it was great. Um... So, he comes into Henry's office. He goes, may I ask you a question, Henry? And Henry goes, of course. He says, what would you say if someone told you they had created life? And here's this just stupid joke that I can't... I, 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 you'll find in, in a lot of these scripts, my sense of humor does not fit what I'm trying to put... I don't have a very balanced sense of humor, or or really a refined sense of humor... That fits for any of these things uh, that I'm writing. So here's the first example of that. He says, "What would you say if someone told you they had created life?" Henry. It says Henry gives Victor a strange look. Victor. Dot. 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 You dog. Once an aspiring scientist, now a father. Like that's not. That wasn't on the table. That. It's, oh my gosh! It's such a stupid joke. Uh. And Victor's like, what? No, that's not what I mean. Uh, and then he's super excited. He says, Henry, let me put it to you this way. Let's say someone takes something dead, like a man, for example, and brings it back to life. How would you react to the man responsible for such a discovery? So from the beginning, from the first conversation they have in this play, Victor is telling Henry that he's on the verge of a discovery. Um, and this conversation does later tip Henry off to the fact that Victor is responsible for William's death via the creature, which is ridiculous and not how it's supposed to happen. Um, but basically, Henry responds to this by saying, what any reasonable person would say, really, if asked this question, I would say he's sick, he's not right in the head. <laughs> yep, he's, he's got a lock on it, like, he knows what's going on. Um, And Victor is somehow taken aback by this for some reason. Uh, And Henry basically goes into the fact that acting as God is evil. And Victor, it's weird. Like, he doesn't seem like he has a change of heart in this moment. But he more just seems disappointed. Like, oh, like I thought you were going to like this, man. Like, well, it sucks that you're not into it. And then he drops it and he goes back and, you know kills the creature or tries to kill the creature by throwing it into a he's also he's very upset to see that the creature is dead so basically what he does and i didn't even really piece this together until just now but he creates life in my version of frankenstein victor frankenstein creates life he's the first man in history to create life he has done what He says there's a great lyric in the musical where he says, I'll discover the secret between the alchemist and God. He's done that. What does he do? He leaves the creature in the lab unattended and takes a multiple days journey from Bavaria to Geneva to see his friend Henry and tell him about it. And then he comes back and is shocked to find... That the creature is laying on the ground... Dying. <laughs> and he says the creature was doomed. It was all too clear. His abnormal heartbeat and shortness of breath were signs he was going into cardiac arrest. Okay. Well, you, you left him in there for a couple days... And he's got the mind of a... Two, three day old baby. So... What do you expect to happen, man? Um, and you know, the thing is... Pepper, between these scenes... Are pieces of dialogue between Jeshurun and Victor, where basically every single one is exactly the same. Where it's that's very evil of you to do that, Frankenstein. And Victor goes, "I know, I feel so bad about it." And then the next one comes, and it's Victor. Why would you do that? You should tell me you didn't do that. Tell me that's not true. It is true. I'm very. I, I feel very bad about it. And then the next one. Victor that that probably wasn't a good idea. Did you really do that? Yeah, I did. I feel really bad about it. Like it, it it's the same thing over and over and over again. It's it's not compelling at all. Um so while we're on the topic of like or not uh, going back to the topic I suppose of <clears throat> weird, very strange styles of humor in this in this uh show, there is this scene where Victor and Elizabeth Get married, and the dialogue is nothing short of uh, how do I put this? It's it's nothing short of psychotic, truthfully. Um, I'm just trying to see here. So, oh my gosh! Uh, oh shoot! Uh, so when I wrote this this thing, it was 2016. Is that correct? Uh <clears throat> Obviously, my my humor had not uh, had not been refined. Not that it is refined now, but truthfully, I I I think I'm maybe a little funnier than I was when I was fifteen. Maybe I have better comedic timing and a better sense for what is funny. But um, so here I'm trying to find find this scene here. So I here we go. All right. So. This is the marriage scene. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, and, and, like, I'm just... As I'm scrolling through these pages, too, something that I'm finding is Father Jeshurun saying... His dialogue is always just a bit too, like, pragmatic. Even for the sake of the story. He's kind of saying things that are... He's got a bit too much of a lock on it where Victor gives his reasoning for wanting to cure death. And he says something along the lines of why? Cause your mom's dead. Who cares? Get over it. Mothers die every day. And it's like, yeah, he's, he's right. (laughs) But it's just funny how he's a little too, he's, he's a little too real life pragmatic about it. Um, Okay, so scene nine. Victor runs after Elizabeth urgently. Victor screams, Elizabeth. Elizabeth says, Victor, what's wrong? Victor says, nothing at all, Elizabeth. I need to tell you something. She says, tell me what? He says, so distant from everyone for so long, you deserve to know why. They kind of go over this, Elizabeth. So he says, two lines later, Victor. Victor says, Elizabeth, I want to marry you. Elizabeth says, I'm well aware of this. Victor says, No, I mean, I want to marry you now. Right now. Elizabeth says, Reasonably, Wait, now? That's the literal line. Wait, now? Victor says, Yes. And for some psychotic reason, I have here as a parenthetical between yes. And then the next part of the line, he says, yes, period. A parenthetical that says, smiles. And then he says, now. That's, is Victor Frankenstein the Joker now? Like, in my version of this, is he, is, that is an absolute, there is no reason for that to be there. Yes, period. Smiles Now absolute lunacy, I can't believe I did that and I, I actually just saw that like for the first time in a while now so Elizabeth says, don't you think we're rushing into this a little bit, like suddenly we're not even in Frankenstein anymore, we're not in a play that takes place in uh, the 1700s it's, it's, it makes no sense, it's, it's completely nonsensical so Victor says please trust me, there might not be time later And then Elizabeth says, okay, and Victor Frankenstein cuts her off with this stage direction. Victor grabs Elizabeth's hand and runs off stage. A priest enters. He's occupied and taken aback by Victor and Elizabeth's sudden entrance. Victor says to the priest, you, can you marry us? (coughs) Excuse me. The priest replies, marry you i can only and he's cut off by victor and this line is in all caps yes or no question like demanding him just answer the question yes or no the priest says yes yes i can marry you then there's a stage direction victor places elizabeth directly in front of the priest he just grabs her and moves her right in front of the priest and victor says Alright then, do it. And the priest says, Now? And Victor says, Yes, now! He asks for their names. They go over the vows. Uh, Elizabeth says, I do. Probably more out of fear and terror of what is befalling her in this moment. Um. And the priest pronounces them man and wife. They kiss. <sighs> And then Victor says a very strange line that I think in my mind was funny. I mean, in my mind it was funny, but it is not at all. He says, and, and there's a parenthetical saying that, informing this line, it is rushed rambling, where he says, congratulations, happy honeymoon, merry Christmas, happy new year, who the hell cares, let's go. And it's like, it's, it's like something out of a cartoon, it's like, what are we doing here? This is Frankenstein. That was something out of Scooby-Doo. Um, and then they go uh, to the house in Geneva. Jeez, it's just so, so crazy. And and the, the I, I want to read more of Father Jeshurun's lines because they're so, they're so funny. Where is the one when he says, uh, when they're talking about hell? Uh, Okay, so Victor is asking him after the whole story, basically when he's about to leave the church and continue his journey for the creature, to find the creature, Um, Victor says, he asks Jeshurun, uh, he he basically asks, will will I, can, can I possibly be forgiven? He says, do you think there's any chance that I could be forgiven? Is there any possibility that God could let me into heaven? Which is crazy that that's a question that he's asking. Maybe he should have used that big brain scientific mind to crack open a Bible basically to page one. Uh, so here Jeshurun thinks, he says, God is forgiving Victor. One of his sole mechanisms is his, of his existence is forgiveness. But when it comes to something so severe... As this dot dot dot, he says, "Just ask. Answer the question. Will I burn in hell for what I've done?" And it says, "Jeshurun puts a hand on Victor's shoulder. Yes, Victor, I think you will." Like it, it, this is what I mean. This I like. It's so inadvertent, and I didn't even notice it really at the time. I didn't think of it of it this way, but like looking at it now, it's so funny how how Jeshurun has this very sort of real look on this as though he were a guy from the real world that is being told this like, like you don't need to be a priest. This line that he's saying, yeah, yes, Victor, I think you will is a line that like it's as though he he's, you can tell it's not, not that you can tell, but it, it, it feels like he's thinking you don't need to be a priest to know that. Like, what do you mean? You created life and, and then you tried to do it again because you could and your whole family died and you're, you're, you're all sad and disappointed. And you, you're, you're thinking that after all that God, the, the original mover is going to look at you and at at the pearly gates, when St. Peter calls your name, he's going to be like, you know what, dude, all things considered, I think you're a good guy. I mean, you know. You're good. Get on in here. Say hi to your little brother William. Yeah, so it's 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 a piece of crap. Uh it, it never got done. I could see here's the thing. I think that as I'm looking at this now, the idea of of having there be sort of a different viewpoint of it being Victor in in the midst of chasing the creature recounting the story to uh a random dude and at the end so so you know in the book it's it's captain robert walton who victor recounts the story to and i'll get to what i think of walton in a bit but um at the end the final scene scene 11 page 43 <laughs> um basically he says is it true victor is your story true Like, implying that he also does that. So I think, like, there is something there with the idea that, oh, like, he was, as he was on the chase, on on the creature's tail, he was stopping at various places and recounting the story to other people as though there were a certain obsession with seeing, uh, gauging the people he met to see if there was any sort of forgiveness for him. Which is a cool idea. I just think that, like, a, a weird... I guess I'm kind of going into, like, my, my what I would do differently. It's just... And, and it's interesting because I, I did actually... I'll talk about this in a different episode. But there's a there's a more recent version of this that's much better. Still not perfect, but much better. Um, that Of this concept. Uh, but... If I were writing this now, and I I have wrote, I wrote it like two years ago or something, so I, I did write it recently. It's like Robert Walton is that guy already, so like why tell this story of him in a church? Why not just talk to Robert Walton about it? Because it's it's like I know what I'm getting at here because there's a a thing on page one under the title card that says, A Play About the Dangers of Science and Man Acting as God. So it's, <laughs> excuse me, it's emphasizing the religious themes and and the, the theme of, you know, man acting as God. So there is, you know, there is that, and that's not, you know, th- th- it's a workable idea, I think, but I think when it's so obvious that you know, Robert Walton is there. He is the guy that could be, he could be recounting, which is what I did in the other version. And it was much better. You can still hit those points, you know? Uh, many, many people in in Europe at this time were God-fearing. Like, so you could just as easily make Captain Walton a devout Christian. Like, that's all you really need to, really need to do. Um, you know, th- there, there's so much that could be said about this show. Um, but you know, I I guess I'll go, I, I could go more into it in another episode. I've written, I've written a couple Frankenstein things that are, that are going to be talked about on this podcast, but, um, I don't know. It, it was just very weird. And, and, and one of the problems too, that I'm just seeing as I look through it is no, the voice, I had a lot of problem problems with giving characters distinct voices. Because, you know, I was like 15 at the time. But everyone kind of talks the same. And, you know, it, it's, it's also interesting because this doesn't have the token humor that I had back in this time. I think probably because those around me were trying to convince me to not do that. You know, obviously it didn't. It didn't. It fell upon deaf ears at certain points specifically the wedding scene but um it it was very it, it was very odd especially with the creature who who speaks eloquently from the day he is from, from literally the moment he is brought into this cold unfeeling world it, it truly is a cold unfeeling world that Something like this would be willed into existence. I it, it, and in that way, in that poetic sort of way, I have I have followed the path of Victor Frankenstein. I, I have I have breathed life into something. I had at that time breathed life into something that was nothing short of a monstrosity, <laughs> and uh, and was was ultimately killed and plunged into the icy waters of the Arctic. That is. The backlog of my computer. Um so yeah, that's uh, th- there's not really much more I can say about this. It's a very it's a very odd thing that I tried to put together into this show. A lot of weird outside the box ideas that were not all bad, just were all poorly executed., uh, next time I make an adaptation and and you you bet your ass, this is how I've handled it since. Uh, you know, I try to read the book. I try to be pretty. I try to at least read the spark notes and be aware of what I'm creating instead of just riffing. But truthfully, in that sense, uh, this is not the worst affront I've made to in in terms of doing research. This is not as bad as it as it gets, and we will get to that later. But um, yeah, that's God upon this earth. A completely unsalvageable piece of theater thanks for joining me on this journey of of looking at what this show had to offer and um i guess i'll leave it at that and i will uh probably i don't know how frequently i'll do episodes maybe i'll do one every week maybe i'll do it bi-weekly maybe i'll do it however or whenever i feel like but uh, i i will certainly see you will certainly hear from me again because i have I have a, a plethora a plethora of these stories just looking at my list that i've I've curated for this and boy oh boy, there is a lot so thank you for listening if if you did in fact listen if anyone listened uh, and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you very much. goodbye